This is a question that comes up more often than I would have expected. We'll address the issue, but at the end of today's show, I'm going to go a whole layer deeper and tell you what really matters for couples that are focusing on this issue of shared leisure time. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to OYF.support. Once again, that website is OYF.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we have got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have an interesting episode for you this week. This is episode number 152, and today we're going to be talking about shared leisure activities or hobbies. Hey there, before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed dealing with age differences in marriage, so that's worth going back and checking out. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. And if you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice, and most of all, we offer hope. Okay, Verlinda, let's get into the topic of shared leisure activities. All right. What do we share? Never mind. Well, I was thinking about that. Yeah? Okay. I will get to that. Okay. So we don't actually share a lot of leisure activity, do we? No. We do a lot of stuff together. Yeah. Anyways, hang tight on that one, okay? Okay. So whether we're talking about hobbies or shared leisure or shared interests, it's helpful to clarify that in order for something to truly fall into this category of being shared, the activities need to be, number one, expected to be enjoyable by both spouses. Okay. Two, freely chosen by both spouses. Oh. So just calling it a shared leisure activity, if I coerce you into it. Right. Or you do it, but you hate every minute of it. It's not really a shared leisure activity. Oh. you're not sharing in the joy of it either. Yeah. Yeah. Now, often the contention comes in right here because either one person then is not enjoying or one does not feel like they're part of the decision to come. So yeah. this is a challenge to be honest with each other and with ourselves. Like, don't call it shared if it's not. Just because you do it together doesn't mean it's yeah. Hmm. Okay. Now, it's okay if you're happy to do something with your spouse because he or she enjoys it and you just enjoy being with them. Just make sure that when you guys are doing this, that it's fair so that somehow that imbalance is reciprocated, even in other ways. Like you'll go along with, I don't know, doing whatever with me because you know that I always do whatever with you. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. That kind of thing. A good example. I'm just trying to keep it generic. So I think it's also good to point out that shared activities can be joint or parallel. Now, a joint activity is interactive and undertaken together, like playing a board game. Okay. A parallel activity is those are undertaken together, but they're not interactive. For example, going to a swimming club, you'll change separately. You won't interact while swimming, but it's still a joint activity, but it's really parallel. Okay. You're just beside each other. Yeah. Yeah. You might be swimming laps, but it's not, you're not, you're kind of doing it with each other, but you're not really... Okay. So I think this is helpful to note because it begs the question, are you wanting more of undertaking activities together or are you wanting more interaction? Oh, interesting. If you only want the latter, it may be that you're focusing on the wrong problem and we'll get more on that later. Hmm. Okay. But let's keep going down this shared interest road. Okay. So spending free time together and having shared interests, this is linked to increased marital satisfaction. Okay. Having shared interests is a sign of high levels of intimacy as it shows that the couple are choosing to spend their free time together. 
Shared leisure also predicts higher self-reported feelings of love for your spouse and less conflict in the marriage. So at least initially, like, this appears to be a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. However, it's slightly more complicated than just shared free time equals marital satisfaction. The okay. interests really do have to be shared. So this group of researchers studied couples over 10 years for changes in shared leisure and its effect on marriage. And they found that involvement in interests that the husband liked, but the wife disliked Mm -hmm. was both a cause and a consequence of wives dissatisfaction Hmm. with the marriage. Okay. So here's some of the important um, aspects of joint leisure to make this work well for your marriage. Okay. Okay. And where I thought this was really cool is it helps you kind of get into the detail and you just analyze this against the stuff that you see yourself doing with your spouse as we go through this, right? You kind of evaluate it like a bit of a checklist. Okay. Satisfaction with the leisure time. And this is about both of you finding it enjoyable. That satisfaction with leisure time is correlated with marital satisfaction. So this satisfaction with the joint leisure time, it's more important predictor of marital satisfaction than the amount of time spent in such activities. Mm, this is like quality time over quantity time. Yes. Kind of thing. Okay. And then the next thing is that marital satisfaction was linked to the percentage of free time spouses choose to spend with each other rather than the total number of hours. Okay. Now, that makes sense too. It's very nuanced, but it's an interesting detail. It's saying that like this, if you have two free hours a week and you spend one of those with your spouse, that's 50%, right? If you have eight free hours a week and you spend two of those with your spouse, that's 25%. But this oh. research observation is saying that the spouse with the 50% ratio will be more satisfied with their marriage than the 25% ratio, even though the 25% people are getting double the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's the percentage of free time you choose to spend with each other. Interesting. Yes. So even when couples are busy, spending their limited free time together is good for the marriage. Mm-hmm. Now, this gets a little more nuanced. Satisfaction with the amount of leisure time, which is the extent to which both spouses are happy with the amount of time spent in joint leisure, that's linked to marital satisfaction. So couples who spend little time in leisure together may still be happily married as long as they are both happy with the amount of that they are spending. Okay. Okay. It's more about meeting expectations or wants, right? Are you getting enough of what you want? Okay. Right. And another point, similarity of interests was linked to high marital satisfaction. Not surprising, right? Having similar interests makes it easier to find activities you'll both enjoy. It motivates you to do things together. It means you're still likely to enjoy activities that your spouse chooses because you, she's going to choose things that you like anyways, right? right? Right. Because they're similar. Yeah. And then you're not going your separate ways even. You're not necessarily doing it together. Interaction. The rate to which couples interact during their shared leisure was linked to marital satisfaction. So taking part in activities that allow direct interaction with the spouse was good for the marriage. Activities that encourage lots of communication between spouses was also linked to marital satisfaction. Mm. So more so than the parallel activities. Okay. And decision-making. A link was found between marital satisfaction and the extent to which the individual spouse was involved in choosing the joint leisure activity. Individual spouses had the highest rates of satisfaction when they had the most control over choice of activities. They did not report that equal decision-making was the best. So yeah, isn't that weird? We want to have it our way. You do. Um, But this is, if you have the shared interest thing, you get it your way and I still... Oh, and you get it your way. So we're both happy. Yeah. Huh. Seems very selfish, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you know what? I remember meeting a couple, even on the trip, and he enjoyed one thing. So she would do it with him, but it was like, ugh. Yeah. And like that. So it wasn't helping their marital satisfaction? No, it's just yeah. like, ugh, I have to go do this. Yeah. Hmm. 
So I think there needs to be some give and take there, right? Yeah. They didn't find okay. any gender differences for these effects. Both men and women are the same. We're the same. That's what they saw. Okay. Now, there's another interesting point here for interracial couples. Shared, because we talked about this a couple episodes ago, didn't we? Uh, what are we going to be talking about? Interracial couples. What was that episode? Um, uh, anyways, let's keep going. Okay. I'm sure we talked about that, but I'm not thinking of it. But let me, let me just... Just tell me what you're thinking okay. about interracial couples. Shared leisure was uniquely important for cross-cultural couples who often face additional challenges from language and communication differences and lack of shared culture. Because the shared leisure time, it allowed these couples to positively work on communication and it allowed them to actively establish shared interests and form a shared identity. Okay. So this is like an intervention on your own marriage, specifically for strengthening your shared identity, your communication, for making things work better together. So if, you're, if you find yourself in this kind of a marriage... Here's something you could try. Yeah. Okay. We talked about cross-cultural marriage. Yeah. The essentials okay. of a successful cross-cultural marriage. Number 139. 139. Okay. So this relates back to that. Okay. I thought we had something back there. Yep. We did. Now, if you're listening in today and thinking, this is great. I'd love to go through this with my spouse. Then Verlinda and I, we have a guide for you that you can download and go through together. It'll step you through identifying your respective interests, looking for overlap, and then making sure that they are the right kind of shared interests so that you can move your marriage forward. You can get this by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. And we'll just take a quick 60-second break here to tell you more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day -day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to The Marriage Podcast for smart people. Before the break, we were talking about specific characteristics of shared hobbies or interests that impact marital satisfaction. Now, I want to take a few minutes to talk about the activities themselves more, Verlinda, okay. just to help give a deeper understanding of how the nature of the activity impacts marriage. And then as promised, I want to talk about that deeper part, the thing that really matters and what quite possibly may be the real issue that you're stuck on as a couple if you can't come to agreement in this area. Okay. So I'm let's talk about the types of shared leisure first. Okay. There's a helpful distinction highlighted in research done by Daly in 2015, which distinguishes between core and balance activities. Like inner core ab not, work? Not quite. Core activities are the day-to-day -day leisure activities that couples take part in that don't have much of a cost in terms of time or effort, and they're usually based in the home. Okay. Is this still leisure activities? Yeah. Okay. Um, watching TV together would probably be a huge common one here, right? Okay. Okay. Balance activities are the ones that are more out of the ordinary and require more investment of time and resources like skiing or camping. Okay. So here's what the researcher noted, that these core activities, these are the kind of normal day-to-day -day ones that don't you don't have to go out of your way for, yeah. led to closeness and familiarity. They help facilitate communication. 
They lead to development of roles within the couple. Enjoying core activities together is a prerequisite of enjoying balance activities. Balance okay. activities, these are more the, uh, the unusual ones. So it's like a, an investment in time. It's a specific effort. Those promote development as a couple and improve negotiation skills and flexibility. Oh. Because one is routine and one is out of routine. Okay. And you need to be good at routine to be good at out of routine. Huh. Right? Okay. Are you thinking of our last year? Yes, I am. <laughs> Where there's like no routine Our at gap all. year trip. It's probably a good thing we didn't do that at the start of our marriage. Oh, yeah. Mind you, we met some young couples doing it who seem to be doing okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Maybe they made that their routine. But both kinds of activities are important for marital satisfaction. These core ones, the routine ones, and mm-hmm. the out of routine ones. Okay. Now, competitive activities. This is interesting. This will vary from couple to couple depending on how your nature is, whether you're very competitive or not, right? Yeah. But in sports and other competitive leisure activities, the relative skill levels of each spouse became important. Both spouses need to be of a similar skill level in order to make the competition rewarding and engaging. That's common sense, right? So we don't play tennis, but if tennis is our shared activity and twice a week you get out there and crush me, how long are we going to play tennis for? Right. Yeah. But there's some funky gender bias that goes on here too. Tell me what you think about this for Linda. In a study of 657 couples, marital satisfaction was highest for couples who have similar skill levels in their chosen activities and couples where the husband had a higher skill level. Uh In couples where the wife had a higher skill level, they were significantly less satisfied with their marriage. The wife was, the wife was, or the couple, the couple was. The couple was less satisfied if the wife was better at it. That is too funny. That is just like the poor man's ego couldn't take it. (laughs) Yeah, it could be. Yeah. I don't know. Huh. I'm in denial, so. I'm just trying to think of something that I'm better at than you. Oh, let's move on before you do, because. (laughs) I can't even think of anything. Oh, you got lots of stuff that you're better at than me. So. Spouses who were less skilled than their spouse, but still reported enjoying their joint leisure, they scored very high on marriage satisfaction scales. So this is kind of get nuanced a little bit. It suggests that being happy, spending leisure time with your spouse, even though you always lose, is indicative of a strong marriage. So is that like cause or effect though? Yeah. Like I'm not sure I agree with that conclusion. Why? So if you lost, you wouldn't enjoy spending leisure time with me? No, no, it's about, I'm just wondering if these people are, are deriving more enjoyment from the time together yeah. and winning or losing doesn't mean as much. Whereas if you had a person who enjoyed or derived more satisfaction from winning the game. Oh, so this depends on the personality of the person. I think so. And I'm going mm. outside of the research here and I'm kind of speculating, but do you see what I mean? Yeah. But maybe if you were that type of person that was like really, really competitive. Yeah then you wouldn't necessarily score really high on the marriage satisfaction scales because you were always wanting Oh, now you're pathologizing competitiveness. I don't know. (laughs) Could be. You're the psycho nerd here. You tell me. I'm more psycho than nerd, so let's keep going. (laughs) Now, last episode, we talked about different age gaps in marriage is what we talked about. But in that, we talked about life stages, right? Yeah. So... Not surprisingly, couples experience a decline in the amount of joint leisure time during the transition into parenthood. So this is switching a life stage, not so much about age. Right. Understandably. But there comes after that a gradual increase after the wife's return to work. Okay. This is in your traditional dual earner family, right? Your typical dual earner family. So this decline did not impact marital satisfaction. So it was okay for them to have less leisure time and then kind of her get back to work and things get back into routine. Okay. Take away from the marriage. But this could be like a core activity, right? It's something you're doing together that's the parenting. routine. Yeah. Yes. You're finding meaning in other ways. 
Yeah. Okay. Shared leisure before parenthood was predictive of higher levels and love and lower levels of conflict one year later. Mm-hmm. So it's good having this in place heading into parenthood, even though it's not going to remain consistent when you oh, have okay. the baby, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I took from that. And the ability then to adjust your leisure patterns to fit with changes in the family life cycle, such as childbirth, that's an important factor in marital satisfaction. I'm just saying okay. you got to roll with what life throws at you. Right. Right. Do you remember what our shared leisure was in our first year of marriage? <laughs> <laughs> we should probably share that. We should. Uh, what was what, it? Squash? Racquetball? Racquetball. Squash? I don't even know. But was... I remember we'd be in the court and we'd stand at either end of the court and we'd just whip a ball at each other as hard as we could. Because we didn't know how to play. Because we didn't have a clue how to play. But somehow that was very cathartic for our marriage. It was. It was. Yeah. And we had a blast. We did. Yeah. We and did. people thought we were crazy. Maybe we should do workshops on that. <laughs> Here, play war together. Call it marriage squash or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, the real issue Okay. that I was talking about. Oh, yeah. The deeper. Yes. Mm-hmm. I told you to get down to brass tacks and tell you what really matters or what might really be going on. So if you guys can create shared leisure and or hobbies and that works great for your marriage, then go for it. But I want to talk to the couples who are stuck on this because... Oh, that's a hot water tank. Yep. Because we do come across couples where it's like they can't figure out this shared leisure thing. Yeah, we don't know what to do And it's like an issue between them, right? Yep. So you may be showed up at this episode thinking this was going to solve your problem, but you keep kind of coming back to that same part. You cannot meet on any particular activity that really grabs you both. Mm-hmm. Or at least is a six or seven out of 10 for yeah for both of you, right? So you're stuck. And I'm not sure, Verlinda, that you and I have a hobby or a core shared leisure activity. And we're still happily married. Yes. Right? So I think the deeper issue is that you want to connect with each other. Right. That's what's going on. You're missing each other. You want to have a felt sense of team, of us, of togetherness. Mm-hmm. But maybe you don't know how to put words to that or how to ask your spouse to work with you to get there emotionally. So you've chosen a safer, maybe a more neutral subject, like let's find a mutual hobby or let's find an activity we can do together. Yes. Yes. That's, it's a little more sterile. Like it's not as, you know what I mean? Whereas to come out and say, you know what? Like I'm feeling like. I want to connect. Yes. Sorry. What are you feeling? Lonely. Lonely. Yeah. 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 So. That's what I'm wondering. The real issue is you want this deeper connection with your spouse. You want more interaction at an intimate level. So Mm -hmm. when it really comes down to it, it's not about finding the exactly perfect activity for you guys as a couple, so much as creating real intimacy and connection. Okay. Because this is where I kind of come back to you and I, right? Just because of our life circumstances and stuff, we don't have a huge amount of shared leisure activities, Mm -hmm. but I would say that we have a strong emotional connection. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I'm wondering if that's one of the reasons why we don't need so much of these activities. Okay. It's probably other factors as well. Interesting. Now, intimacy comes through deeper knowledge and understanding, through curiosity, through positive emotions with each other and positive events that Mm -hmm. you experience together. So Mm -hmm. shared activities can certainly help with that, right? Yeah. But I want to refer our listeners back to episode 108, how to create more intimacy in your marriage, because to me, that's probably the deeper issue. Very interesting. If you want that, you can get that in your podcast player. Just scroll back down to episode 108, or you can read that on our website at oyf.link slash 108. What do you think? Yeah, I kind of think that's true. Because like whenever I want to do something with you, it's for the connection. It's not because I feel like going and doing X, Y, Z. 
so much. Yeah. Although I enjoy that too, but that's very, yeah, I think that's true. So is this really an intimacy issue? Yeah. If it is the, and you cannot find anything that you guys like to do together, you can still solve the intimacy issue. And still just enjoy yeah. being together. Yeah, you don't and... need to get stuck on the hobby huh? or lack of one. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay. So we're recording a few sessions just for our listeners so they know. We're recording a few sessions back to back in preparation for a family holiday. So no new patrons have had the opportunity to come on board. So we'll just say, again, say thank you so much to those of us, uh, to those of us, to those who have been supporting us for so long yes. and those that have joined more recently. We appreciate you all. Yeah. And uh, since we're taking a holiday, our next episode is going to be a Q&A. We asked our patrons if there was anything they would like to share about what was going on in their marriages. And we've got some great questions that you, our listeners, will be able to relate to and learn from. Yeah, I read the questions over and they like, I don't know, they just, they were touching questions. Yeah, like they, they had a lot of... felt sensitive, yeah. thoughtful questions. Yeah. yeah, so that's good. Well, that is all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 152. Find out how you can help marriages. Go to oif.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.